0: Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers, past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I get to see Angela Balderston, and I knew you as Angela Bath back in the day and i've been trying to get you since the beginning and you kept either you know avoiding it and i'm like no you have a good story plus i always just thought you were like one of the most fun people like in puerto rico we had so much fun you were so full of life you've got great sense of humor we'll talk about some of our adventures in puerto rico but i've been wanting to hear your story and and i think i had to convince you or bribe you or whatever i had to do to get you on here but thank you angela cuz i saw you at the reunion and i was like i wish i had more time to talk to her cuz i was always fascinated by you and uh, we had we had fun in Puerto Rico, but we really didn't get to have much time at the reunion. So that's what the that's what the interviews are for. I get to like check in with people, check in with friends, and like tell me about your life. So I would love to. Well, also when I get on there, you had the most amazing hat you created. You're smoking a cigarette, and you've got a nude mannequin behind you. So I'm like, okay, she's a, a quirky, wonderful artist, and this is going to be a really fun interview. So well, how- I hope it. Sorry. No, no, no. I hope it's going to be a fun interview. I'm very nervous. I think all you have to do is talk and we'll be fine. It's so funny because some people say, oh, I don't think I have an interesting story. And then at the end, like, that's like every, if you did these shows, it's interesting. You know, like even just getting into it and how we get there, what we do and stories on stage, backstage, the people that you meet, it's all, we just think it's normal because we lived it. But people from the outside are like, wait, what? So where did you grow up? Because I know you're living in the states now, but that's not where you grew up. Right. well, England in a
1: very very small little fishing village called Selsey Bill. and um, that's where I grew up. Um, so I guess you want to know how I started dancing well yeah like
0: <laughs> where and why and when and all that like, what well, got you uh, in there.
1: Well it's nowhere near as impressive as your previous interviewees, I can tell you that. You know, I've heard stories where people went to the Royal Ballet School and went to these very prestigious schools. Well I didn't. Um, In this little village there was this little old lady down the road that taught lessons by the term for like one pound a term and this was back in like 1969 so my mum bought my uh, younger sister lessons because she had the body for ballet, and apparently I am, and I did music. And mum thought I was so clumsy. She used to say I used to fall into a room. Plus I had knocked <laughs> knees, so she uh, thought it was not going to be for me. Well, Carol went and she hated it. So I thought, well, I'm going to go then. So I took over her lessons. Hmm. So this little old lady, Mrs. O'Neill, I'd walk to her house and we'd do the lessons in her living room. We'd all pull out the dining room chairs. That was the bar. And after the exercises, (laughs) she'd come out with a big bag of old worn out broken down point shoes and you pick out a pair that fit you you had to be over nine to do it so I always had the same ones I knew which were the ones I was going to use so that's how I started my dancing
0: I love that oh
1: my god can you imagine she'd be done for like torture in this day and age um (laughs) So um, then I graduated to go to Chichester, which is a fantastic Roman town, about nine miles away. And um, my auntie could drive. So she had this van and she used to take all of us kids on Saturday to Chichester. She'd take everybody else to the swimming pool and drop me off at the ballet school. Well, it wasn't a school, but it was now in a church hall, at least so that's how i started dancing
0: then when i, I was my uh, parents sorry I
1: had uh, my headphones off for a second uh, I was getting a, uh, getting a little
0: static no i was just going to say my mom put me in because i was clumsy and i would and i would walk into walls i would not clear a corner uh, i would miss it and not run into the wall and then i was really shy so yeah people got in there for polio or whatever reason like whatever got us in the doors thank you <laughs>
1: Well, no. My mum was just being horrible because she could be really horrible. Um, she never complimented me on anything. So, mm. she, no, she made it quite clear I wasn't doing the ballet because uh, because I had knock knees and I was um, clumsy. So, <clears throat> anyway, um, but then I left um, Selsey. All sorts of terrible things happened. Uh, so when I was 17, my auntie, who was fantastic, and she'd always said, you should be a bluebell girl. You're too old to be doing ballet. Um, she said, they're so glamorous, and they meet all these wealthy men, and they end up getting married, and they're all beautiful and tall, and people are waiting for them at the stage door and stuff like this, and they oh. love flowers, flowers and, chocolates, and- <laughs> So anyway, I went to London and became a nanny for this uh, fantastic family that are still friends to this day. And so I'd go and take the occasional class at the dance center, which is everybody in London or in England knows the dance center. So I had seen this ad uh, for a Bluebell audition. So, cutting a very long story short, I went the day of the audition, it was on a Saturday, and I was very early, and I found the studio, and I was just looking in, because I still didn't know if I was going to do it. And all of a sudden, down the corridor, comes Miss Bluebell. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. She said, Hello, are you here to audition? I said, oh no, oh no. She said, well, you should. And I thought, oh my God. So I thought, OK, so I thought, all right, then I will. So I did the di- audition with Julie McKee, and uh, who I'm still in touch with, um, and uh, Sarah Hill, who was another English girl that was at Hello Hollywood for, I think, a year or two. Lost touch with her, tried to find her loads of times. Um, Miranda Coe, I don't think I did the audition with her, but we came over together. Mm. Anyway, my audition, unbelievable. Oh, my God. I was so bad. I don't know what I did. <laughs> there was one girl there. She, um, I didn't know they were going to ask us to do ballet. There was this one girl there that she must have going to be a soloist or something. So she did some ballet. Well, I just <laughs> tried to do everything that she had done from memory. It was hysterical. Anyway, I don't know why I got the job. (laughs) I had my nose pierced already. And I remember Bluebell asking me, was that something to do with my religion? And I said, no, but I can take it out. I can take it out. Anyway, so then they said to come back the next day. And Peter Baker was there. And so I just ran back to where I was being a nanny and I called my auntie and I said, I have to go back tomorrow. I have to go back tomorrow. And She was like so excited. So I went back the next day and at the end of the audition, they said, okay, you guys are going to Paris. And it was amazing. And then about a few weeks later, they said, sorry, you're going to Vegas.
0: Oh, wow. I've heard people like, yeah, why did they switch it? I don't know, but that is when the
1: real story begins. I was listening to Miranda's podcast, and she told you about the whole thing with the feud between Bluebell and Rosenthal? Yeah. Okay. So we get on the plane to go to Vegas. First of all, when we land, I think we had to land in LA, we kept seeing these signs in the airport for restrooms. And we're thinking, oh, my God, that's fantastic. We're so tired. We need a rest. So we had no idea that it was the bathrooms. <laughs> anyway, we finally get to Vegas. We walk through the exit, and we think it's heaters blowing on us because we've never, ever yeah. felt anything so hot. We yeah. get
0: to Welcome the to hotel. Welcome to hell.
1: Hotel. Yeah, get to the hotel, never seen anything like it. Anyway, I can't remember the actual uh, whatever events, but after the second show, we had to go on stage and basically re-audition. We're so tired. It's like 2.30 in the morning. We've been traveling all day. I remember some of the girl dancers standing in the wings looking at me gossiping what's that thing in her nose? You were waiting your time, weren't you? Oh, I had, I had my nose pierced when I was 15. Wow. Um, and I was overweight. I was so tired. We were doing a turn and I literally fell on my ass on the floor.
0: Oh.
1: So then they weighed us and they said, you've got to lose 15 pounds in three weeks. anyway, yeah. So then we started rehearsing the next day. And the first thing they teach you is usually the most difficult, and it was the Tarantella. Oh my God. I mean, Miranda, they kept her the first day.
0: Yeah. Beautiful,
1: incredible dancer. The three of us, uh, i it was awful. Anyway, Frank Rosenthal decided that he wasn't keeping us. Um, cutting a long story short, and he wasn't going to give us our visas back until we were on the plane. Going, he was having this horrible feud with Bluebell, saying she wasn't providing the dancers he wanted. Um, eventually, uh, they they said they were getting rid of the three of us. We knew this, but we didn't want Miranda to know until we actually had to leave. So for like about a week, we knew, but we didn't, we left her a note. All three of us were so worried, how were we going to tell her? So we left her a note explaining, and like under the cover of darkness, uh, we were escorted out of the stardust through the back doors and I went to stay at one of the lead singer's houses and Julie and Sarah went to one of the dancers' houses and we were there for like a week. We couldn't leave the houses. Fluff came over to see us. I remember she came over really quickly. She had having her car waxed but they couldn't even finish it because she came over in such a hurry so there was all the wax circles on it still anyway she re-auditioned us and said well i don't see anything
0: wrong you're going to reno
1: mm.
0: so that
1: was how we ended up there
0: you were i don't think that when miranda told the story i don't know if she said your name in a thing so that i've heard the story from her point of view this is really interesting to hear from yours of, that you've are in a totally different country. Thought you had work. I mean yeah. that sounds horrible. Like how and how oh, I had thir- thirty dollars. Thirty
1: dollars. Because oh they told gosh. us Yeah, Peter Baker said you'll get an advance when you get there and they'll have an apartment for you. And of course we said what's an apartment? They said, Oh, it's <laughs> a flat. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. What's an apartment And a restroom? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So how how soon did you go up there? Was did you they get you on a flight and take care of all that for you? Cuz I think Jillian's part of this whole exchange too. I think calling Jillian to say you guys are coming and her getting no, no, loan. No
1: no. no, no, no. Uh Jillian was still in the show at that time. No, so okay. Jillian had nothing to do with it. Jillian got Miranda into the show um, because right as I, I Miranda got this a bit wrong in her podcast um, when I was leaving uh Jillian asked me for Miranda's number, and Miranda was still in New York at that time. Okay. Anyway, so um, when we got to Reno, I was still, you know, I had lost a few pounds, but I was still overweight. And I was like, I think the worst dancer in the show, or at least I was made to feel like that. Yeah. I'm not mentioning any names, Um, but let me refer to my notes. Um, But, oh, and like they would take me out of numbers when dawn would come. Yeah. But I ended losing a ton of weight. Oh, but in the meantime, while I was still overweight, oh, Bernard hated me. He hated me.
0: I heard he He wasn't a very nice man.
1: Well, other people adored him, but he hated me. It was, you know, in between, like, numbers or whatever it was, all of a sudden, over the PA, Angela come to my office. And it would be like the walk of shame, because I knew, and everybody knew, why he was calling me in. And he had just seen me do Heat Wave or something, and he said, you look like a fat pig. Oh my god. Does Steve, who was my boyfriend, does he not suck you enough? Just oh my god like that. No. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I ended up losing all of this weight. I don't know how. Um, and I don't know if I just, as I learned the show so well, I just like, just wanted to do it better and better and better. But I ended up obviously not being that bad because I wasn't officially a swing. I think I just got, I just wanted to do more. Mm -hmm. So I would ask, like Rita was my captain. I'd say, hey Rita, can I learn this? Can I learn that? Can I do this? Can I do that? I ended up doing so many different things so,
0: were you a tall oh, nude
1: or a his, bluebell? Were you bluebell? No, I was a okay. bluebell, but I ended up doing a lot of tall nude stuff because oh. I just wanted to because I like yeah. costumes and uh-huh. I just wanted to do everything. Plus, I yeah. got so slim. Here's a great story. Oh my God, this is fantastic. Um, Don was there and he had one of those stage meetings after the show. So, Um, I was wearing, you know, one of those black all-in-one unitards, and I just had the sleeves wrapped around my neck, tied around my neck, and I probably had on, like, the silver space boots or something, you know, because I thought (laughs) it looked cool. And all of a sudden, he said he wanted to see me do blue sleeves on my own in front of everybody. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why. Anyway, I did it, but right towards the end, the sleeves of my (laughs) unitard came undone. I am now doing it top, with these sleeves just swinging around. (laughs) I can't stop. I just keep doing it, and people are laughing, and Jillian is giggling, and I don't care. I've never been modest about stuff like that. Right. Plus I knew I had pretty boobs. I really didn't care. And he didn't say anything afterwards other than relay to Bernard that I needed to kick higher. But well, I had horrible kicks. But that was a great story.
0: I love that. Do you think he did it because he wanted because you did it really well or he didn't think like, he wanted to embarrass you? Or do you even know why he would single you out like that? I love- I don't know. I was always in the
1: back row, so I'm sure he couldn't have seen me.
0: I think he just probably thought,
1: who's that girl? Let's see what she can do. I mean,
0: you know, he didn't say I was awful. I didn't. Yeah, because the the things he does that all these interviews, like your face looks like a can of worms. You look a dime store whore or you're fat. Like the fact that you didn't get anything negative is a really great compliment if you didn't say anything horrible. See, I never met him. I just heard all those stories. I mean, he... And, that, oh. God, and that's the first, there's... your inter- your first interaction is making him, him making you do a thing by yourself. Yeah. You know what I remember about, I remember how we used to have dance classes on the stage in between shows. Like, I remember like, I want to take African or jazz. I remember you tap dancing and you held your boobs while you tap dance. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they, so they were bouncing and I remember that like, you would tap and you just hold them up there as extra support bras anyway that's a memory i have of you because i thought i always thought that was great and like you know what you strap uh, those down or you hold them up or whatever you need to do and you yeah. take away
1: <laughs> i loved all those uh, different classes in between shows just you know the different dancers teaching those classes i always loved
0: those that's one of my favorite things. is like how people were not now that you're professional you don't keep dancing like in, doing a two hour show and then to take a class and then do another show. Like we actually wanted to do yeah. extra. Cause I remember like, Oh, I can take jazz. I could take tap. I could take African. I could take ballet because that stage is so big. We could have a few classes going on and still yeah. make yeah. it work. I just thought everybody was very generous with their talents and there's people that wanted to, you know, be better teachers. So what a great way to do it than to teach yeah. the cast. I just, I loved and was so inspired by the people that were continuing to, to learn and grow. How long did you do? What was your life like in Reno? No, sir, what was your life like in Reno? Did you just do one year contract? No, I did two. Uh, Well, I was with Steve Adams. Do you remember him? I recognize the name, but I can't place it.
1: Well, we were together. Oh, here's a funny story. Uh, We were together the whole time and moved to L.A. together. So I, uh... that's why there's no pictures of me backstage. Uh, Because I was in this the dressing room that ended up becoming the captain's dressing room, I think, which they apparently loved because it was right off to the side. Anyway, um, with Rosita, Sarah, Julie initially, and then Colin moved in there. Anyway, so that's why there's no pictures of me backstage. It dawned on me. Um, Mm -hmm. But Steve Adams, that... um, you know how everybody was getting married back then so that they could get their green cards? And yeah. Like the going rate, $2,000. Well, Steve and I were together. And I don't know how long we'd been together, but I said, well, will you marry me so that I can get my green card? And he kept saying, no, 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 no. Finally, he agreed on the one condition that I not tell anybody. So we'd been up all night on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at like nine o'clock, we went down to the courthouse and we got married. I don't think we had any witnesses or anything. We didn't know what we were doing. So somebody from there did it. So, yes, I couldn't tell anybody. Well, the first thing I did that night at the show was tell six of my closest friends. <laughs> So, yeah, that's how I got to stay in the country. Um, Our life was just, you know, do the show. He was not as nice as I thought he was. Uh, He refused for us to have the same day off from work. I mean, how weird is that? Uh. Very weird. Um, And then it's only dawned on me in the last few years that when we moved to LA, I had this lovely cat in Reno that he didn't like, and and so he didn't want the cat to come to LA, so I put up these photos at at work, saying, you know, I need a home, I'm fixed, what have you. All of a sudden, the cat went missing, and I was talking to Davina or somebody, and he said, well, you should go to The Pound. So I said to Steve, we need to go to the pound. He said, oh no, that's a horrible place. You don't want to go there. He took the cat to the pound. Oh my gosh, you obviously, need to leave him. Obviously he did. I mean, he must have.
0: Yeah. Oh. Horrible,
1: horrible. And I thought he was such a nice guy.
0: There's somebody that I was with in Reno and I, in my mind the story was one way and now I go, wait a minute, that was fucked up. That was not a good relationship. But it's a time. You, you know, just we, said it. You just said fuck. I just said, I know. I was saying we worried about saying it. I never swore back then. I was conservative Christian, topless. You know, it's kind of controversial, I suppose. <laughs> Virgin Christian, topless, d- dating a pastor at a church. But I remember oh thinking that, he's, and i go, like, well, were we engaged? I go, no, we never engaged. He just told me we we're getting married. And I started thinking about it recently, I'm like, that's not a relationship. But in my mind, I made it better than it was. And so when you go back and yeah. think of yourself 20, however old we were, you know, naive in some ways and living this worldly life, I went, oh, no, that was not, that was a horrible relationship, but I just needed to make it better in my yeah. mind. So I didn't feel like such a dummy to fall for it. Absolutely. How long did you stay in Re? I mean, so you did two years in, there. Did, was that when yeah. you came to Puerto Rico? Because I left with Carlin and Michael Kempton and then Michael was pregnant, which she didn't, I think she found out when we were in LA rehearsing and, we, and it was trying to hide it from Barry Ashton and her belly and her boobs were giving it away. And that's when you came in. But did you have a gap between the contract? I, and- had, a, I had a Yeah, I had a gap. Um,
1: when we went to LA, which was 80, um, I did all sorts of things. The first thing I did when I got there was I became a Playboy bunny oh, in LA. <laughs> I only did that for three months. Uh, my sister was doing it in London. So I thought, okay, well, Perfect. I'll just go do it too. Didn't like it. Uh, never met Hugh Hefner, never went to the mansion. Um, one of the awful things that really stopped me in L.A. was I didn't have a car. And if you don't have a car, it's it's almost impossible to do anything. Yeah. But I was fortunate because I had friends that were bunnies that would pick me up. In fact, one of the bunnies, she and her... I think it was husband, used to pick me up. He was Rod Stewart's guitarist. Really? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know, hysterical. This was at the time of, like, hot legs, you know. Oh, yeah. Rod Stewart started to get horrible, like not very good. I thought that wasn't my favorite
0: period for him.
1: Anyway, so I was there. I was working at the Roxy, you know, seeing everybody. Yeah. I was also doing, um, I did a princess first music video. You did? Mine.
0: Really? Yeah, I was okay. taking
1: dance lessons, um, can't remember the guy's name, um, I did quite a bit of TV, I did, I met Barry Ashton because I did two of his, uh, showtime specials, probably some other things, um. I was living with Karen Von Arp. She had the connection with Barry Ashton. Um, But I think she was in, maybe in Spain or somewhere, because she did a whole load of stuff with David Doyle, didn't she? Anyway, she was doing choreography with him, uh, like in Spain or somewhere. Anyway, so um, Barry Ashton called me up and said, that he needed somebody in Puerto Rico to replace the girl that was pregnant. Hmm. So, did you know? Did you know Michael
0: when you in Reno, when we were in Reno? Okay, no. she she was a bluebell. Yeah. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know her. Huh.
1: So, that show's uh, so big; you could not know half the cast. No, no. So, uh, yeah, went over to Puerto Rico. I so how come I didn't know you
0: in
1: uh, Reno? I know that was
0: I, I, and I knew you because I remember you tap dancing. Hold of your I knew who you were, but right. I don't know if we had interaction. But when you got to Reno, uh, I'm like, oh, I, I remembered you, and you came because I think this show had been running maybe a few months. because I think Carlin could keep her her pregnancy hidden for a while, but you you came right. and had to look pretty fast and replace her. I just yeah, remember she you was so she was much fun to our dressing room. Yeah. Oh God,
1: we did, didn't we?
0: Okay, so oh we- my- here's backstage things. Okay, I don't know if you remember cockroaches. You could hear ah. the cockroaches walk. They were so big, you could hear them. Yes. And I remember we had to shake out our wigs and our costumes. So you put it on, there be a cockroach. I remember putting on the saloon girl's wigs and a cockroach just like three inches hanging in my curls. Ah. I remember Kara put her shoes on and there's a cockroach in the shoes and she put it on, the blacklight number where they did the pot of do in between and we were like strapped to elastics she put that on oh and you heard, the, you heard the crunch of the cockroach and she's running we're on black and all you see is her teeth and she's screaming and you hear the, the cockroach <laughs> in her shoe there was rats like i remember i had bubble gum say blue bubbles in the saloon number and i'd come I in remember and be marks there was mice there was wonderful things about puerto rico but it was just the backstage like shake everything before you put it on but I just remember because Deb, uh, Deb Richards was in the show, and she's one of my favorite funny people. And I don't know if you know, she passed not that long ago. Miranda told me that. I, just I don't a couple, remember who that was. She she was still in the show. Sheila and Deb, you were in our dressing room, right? Because there was a dressing yes. room that had like Julia, mm-hmm. and we had um oh my gosh, oh what is her? Okay, I'm thinking of the three Cuban girls, Belinda and right, and they were they were they were louder and I was more quiet on the other end. So I'm not sure yeah. where you sat in there, but I just remember like it was in Spanglish. It would be like Spanish, English, and even between mm-hmm. Cuban Puerto, Cuban, and Puerto Rican Spanish is a little bit different. And I had taken three years of Spanish and going, Hola, ¿Dónde don, está la biblioteca? You, know? <laughs> it was like, you had to learn <laughs> some Spanish down there. But I remember the dressing room was being kind of crazy and fun. And that show, did you like doing the show? I did until I got really fat again.
1: I got well, really fat. Puerto
0: Rico, it was really hard not to. I just think in the, the good food and all the good rice and beans. And I think I had never had to worry about my weight. But in Puerto Rico, I think I was one of my heaviest. Did, Here's did you? The, do you... Uh, cop... Here's a
1: cockroach story. <laughs> I don't know why I was there. I was on my own. It was maybe I was early on. I don't know. But I was totally on my own there. Uh, and I was in that little bathroom that we had, sitting on the loo, wearing my fishnets. And I went to grab the loo roll, and there, on top of the loo roll, as long as the two, as the loo roll is wide, was a cockroach. Oh, God, I've never I screamed, and I screamed, and of course, I didn't grab any loo roll. And I had stood up as fast as I could with my fishnets around my blooming shins, trying to pull up those fishnets and run out of the bathroom. Oh, my God.
0: I remember that bathroom being really like it felt dirty. There's a picture of him laying on the floor. And I remember just everything just felt like, oh, I don't know what to touch. But I don't know if you had, like, I got mugged at gunpoint. There was many girls like cast necklaces pulled off of our neck. I had my purse stolen. I had stuff stolen out of the solarium. We had stuff stolen out of our hotel room. Did you, I mean, I loved Puerto Rico, but it was like my mom would send jewelry for my birthday. I'm like, do not send me anything. It's going to be stolen. Did you have any run-ins as far as safety? I got followed by somebody masturbating, followed me like, you know, all through (laughs) town while he was jacked off like behind me. It was just. I never felt totally safe there. I mean, we were definitely stood out as tall white women. Um, and so I just, uh, I, every day was like, I hope, I hope someone doesn't masturbate uh, like the mailman masturbating in the mail truck. I was like, I guess this is a pastime. <laughs>
1: but did you I ever don't, feel
0: that? I don't think so. I don't remember anything like that.
1: Mind you, maybe I wasn't as easily shocked. I was such a wild child. I was so wild. I don't remember anything like that. I remember um, a couple of guys from the palace. Roy, Greg. We'd go out until the sun would come up, taking drugs, dancing at the discos. I
0: love you know, discos I in Puerto Rico.
1: Oh I know. There was one like right on the beach with the glass floor or something. That you stars? know, I'd say, oh my god. We should get something
0: to eat. I don't know. And he says, <laughs> "Oh God, no! You can't eat. That'll ruin your high." You know, it's, like, it's so crazy. Well, you and I—you um, lived with me and Carl, wasn't it? Because Michael moved out, and you moved in with Carla and I for a while. I feel like we moved several times. But I remember you would come in like at the crack of dawn, like, and you—I'm um, like—we'd hear your stories. I'm like, Angela, Carla, and I went to bed at normal, and then you—you you would come in really late or actually really early. But you lived with I us for a while. Know. Cause then I remember Carla and I ended up moving in the cabana, but I, I know we were roommates for a short amount of time. I moved so many times there and ended up living in the hotel while I was still sending $500 a month to keep my house in their lead. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. oh stupid. Tell, I want you to tell, cause I've told, and Mike, Mikey and I talked. we talked about, she didn't know the fountain. So i reminded you of the fountain. And then you, you remind me that was yeah. your idea. Can you tell about that? Yeah. Like, we were just up to antics. Like, mm-hmm. We're bored, what can we do? Let's let's, let's yes. cause some trouble. So I don't
1: know how the thought came about, but right in front of the El San Juan Hotel, there was this huge elaborate fountain. So for some reason I said, let's all get one of those little individual packets, boxes of washing powder. Was it Mr. Bubble? <laughs> Yeah, all wear black and after the show, go to that fountain, we'll sit around the edge, and very discreetly pour this washing powder into the fountain behind our backs.
0: And then leave. I think we were pret- we were pretending to take a picture with somebody while we were pouring it behind our back. I think somebody was pretending to take a photo and we were just dumping it. Okay. <laughs> That's that was very clever. <laughs> anyway, so
1: we did that, and sure enough, it started to froth and foam. <laughs> the next day, they had to empty the entire fountain out, and it yeah. stayed empty for quite a while.
0: Oh, oh really? Oh, God, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a day or two. Yeah. That was so good. Oh, uh, I remember, was really the, like we were watching it, like oh my gosh, and it kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. Yes, it's oh wow, yeah. And then when it kind of closed it down, I felt a little guilty, but also because I never, I never did drugs. I didn't really drink. For me, that was being the naughtiest was to put. Oh, that was that was really, really naughty. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it was a little bit of cost went into that one. Yeah, you, yeah. I don't know because Carla and I actually left because we got hired. Uh, for Miller-Reach in Montreal and they wouldn't let us out of our contract because they kept extending it month by month, but they didn't give us a choice. So we got hired and then they wouldn't let us go and we were getting threats. They were going to blacklist us and we had to uh. get some information. But Carla and I actually snuck out like Deb and Sheila. We we took our luggage every day, a little at a time. And then we, we left and got on the airport. Cause we were afraid they would stop us at the airport. I mean, they made it sound like they were going to like <laughs> take us out but I remember um, I asked Deb to have the record a tape recorder backstage. We would find out because her and Deb were or she were the only ones that knew we did this. The Rest of the cast didn't know we left because they just wouldn't let us out of the contract. So we we are on a flight, and so Deb hits the record, and Junior came in like, "Where is Sherry and Carlin?" And like, and then it got to be like five minutes before show, in the recording it says, "Those fucking beaches." <laughs> <laughs> so huh. he realized that we left and so I mean I've never done anything like that break a contract but they just wouldn't let us go. I was done with Puerto Rico and then I really wanted to do Miller reach and work with Joan paylethorpe and go up to Montreal but we snuck out. And I don't know if you were still there and how how long you did it if, if we left before you did or I'm curious what you did after that you uh, see
1: I mean that's an amazing story that you had there. It was scary. It's- yeah, definitely scary. I mean, in some ways, we've all, it seems like we've all got, like, really weird stories. Yeah. I mean, that's,
0: God. We're, like, dragging our For luggage sure. in the sand, like, several blocks down because we didn't want them ah. to see us leaving. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. that's awful. And then he didn't know because there was nobody to really ask how you get out of a contract because they, they didn't give us a choice because it was supposed to be month by month. It was six months with a month by month renewal. We didn't know. We had no choice. That was up to them. And we're like, no, we have a job. And Miller-Reach actually said, don't worry. We'll take care of it for you. They're not going to do anything. We have our people. They'll take care of your contract. So we just said, bye-bye, Puerto Rico. God. What did you do after Puerto Rico? Uh, I Went back to L.A.
1: Um Decided I wanted to be in the business end of the entertainment industry. I mean, I had huge ideas of being, you know, an executive and what have you. Um, So worked for various different personal managers and stuff. Um, Interviewed at places like William Morris, was offered jobs. But my God, it's like the money you would make would barely pay for your parking which was like 11 dollars a day back in like 82 you know it was just and, and stories are true where you do start in the mail room and what have you um although I was offered jobs as you know secretaries to a literary agent and what have you anyway so I I just started working my way up and thinking you know what I'm, I'm going to do really well at this. But then everything went to shit. I uh, met an older guy. He had loads of money. He was very playful. Did not realize for a while that he was an international drug smuggler.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. There's yeah. one of the
0: stories. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was uh, at the tail end of 1984. And from that point on, I ended up being 5'9", like under 100 pounds, psycho, just lost it. Mm. Um, so that was just bad. And I was with him for many, many, many years. He was very violent. Uh, it was just awful. Mm. So, oh, and. <clears throat> Uh, one of my notes I've got here is, like, all of my dull stuff, like all of my mementos, you know, everything that everybody says, like your contracts, your credentials. Um, somewhere someone has got, like, a couple of suitcases full of fishnets and rhinestones that fell off costumes and contracts and strings. I have no idea where they are, you know. Mm. So, yeah, that was a big
0: mm. mistake. I How did you get uh, out of that
1: situation? Uh, well, I had been trying for years, mm-hmm. uh, but I had just, you know, lost myself. We ended up moving to the Midwest because that's where his parents were from. And he'd lost all of his money, and he thought it would be a good place to dry out. Well, that doesn't work. You know, there's still FedEx that comes from L.A. and what have you. Anyway, long, long, long story short, I uh, started to make friends. And somewhere along the line, I met my husband of... Well, we've been together 33 years and we now live in Omaha. We moved here because he's a musician and he got a call to join this band that were incredibly popular here at the time. And although it's not where I I never thought I'd end up here and it's not where I would choose to be, but it is. And the thing I hate the most is the weather because it's sub-zero or triple digits in the summer, and there's no mountains, there's no ocean. But, the people, I've never met kinder, you know, people in life, and there's, it's a thriving art scene here.
0: Really? I've never heard that. Wow.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, it really is. Um, So, that's that, but
0: um, yeah, he's he's incredible. Hmm. He's an incredible man. That's a really good story to go from somebody who's not and have that turn around, get what you should, yeah. what you deserve, and yeah. Do you do design? Because I feel like when I look at your Facebook, I see a lot of fashion stuff. Where where does that fall in yeah. your story?
1: Well, you know, I always did a lot of art as a kid and a lot of design and making things. You know, when I was a teenager, I was always made fun of because I was the one that was wearing crazy stuff, you know, like getting my nose pierced at the age of 15. Um, And then when I was like 16 and 17, I would dream I would be in a shop going through racks of clothes that I'd never seen before so I would wake up and I would draw them on a sketch pad next to my bed um, and I would try to make them and I would make them for the neighbors and what have you and uh, so I come across these things these sketches every now and then anyway so I don't quite know what happened. Uh, In Omaha, we have, it's now the fourth largest fashion week in the country, which, you know, really means nothing. It basically means basically because it's a week long, I guess, in the summer and the attendance and what have you. It's nowhere near as esteemed, of course. However, so I had seen it. And I thought, well, and my favorite part of Project Runway was always the avant-garde part where you have to make something out of nothing. Because I always thought that was so, that was where the creativity came from. Plus, I don't sew. I don't like sewing. I find it too boring and meticulous. I don't like that. I like creating the ideas. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I started making stuff out of, like, washes, trying to recreate like a Paco Raban look or just out of plastic ice decorating, ice cake decorating gloves. Oh, there's your dog. And your cat, by the way, is <laughs> out there attacking the plant, or what? Oh
0: my, oh yeah, they're always a part of every single interview.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it just sort of uh, progressed from there and I've been participating in this show A lot. Um, But now I've started doing more wearable things, but they're still like I've created this really funky, wacky crochet technique. Uh, It's not I do it with a crochet hook, but it's not proper crochet stitches. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think maybe my next line is going to be based on the seven deadly sins. I've got a really great one for lust and gluttony I think is just gonna to be totally over the top. It's not no. even gonna pretend to be fashion. I'm thinking I'm gonna get like some big fake lobsters and make a headdress out of that <laughs> and like or like chickens or something like fake <laughs> roast chickens and like maybe have like a big bib. Like a lobster bib <laughs> or something to make out, out of. Oh, well, I don't
0: know. Where, uh, do you sell know. these on uh, your own? Do you do like Etsy or what do you, how do, you do you sell them or you make them just for, for, for shows? For shows. Um, like the ones I'm doing out of this crochet
1: stuff and that I'm doing all out of hemp this time, a hemp cord so that they are actually wearable because they're washable. There's no way I could sell them for what they're worth. They take me about a good 50 hours to make. I have to make them in very small pieces and then connect them individually. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, and I hate it. I love the way they look, but I hate it because there's nothing
0: creative about
1: doing it. It's just yeah.
0: tedious. You want to do the anyway. Create the vision?
1: Yes. But you can see. I don't know if you've been to my Angela B page. They so no. see videos. Yeah, one of my favorite lines I did was pollution. That was a few years ago. But you have to make sure that you turn up the music on that. Okay, because there's a couple of in there. Yeah,
0: Angela B. Okay, I'm gonna look that up because I think you shared a few things. I'm like, wow, this is amazing because it does feel very Project Runway, or it's 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 so. It, may, it fits what I've known of your personality. It's like, of course, you're not going to just do <laughs> wash and wear. It has. I love the extravagance yeah. of it. So, like the last time I saw you in person was the Hello Hollywood Hello reunion. Had you done any other yeah. reunions? Because I, you know, it was like to no. make the effort to go there. Like, I had no idea they'd been having them because Facebook let me know that there was that one. I was just so thrilled to know. I just thought all that was gone. I had no idea people were connected. I didn't know there was reunions. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's photos that are showing up and I didn't appreciate it when I was there so much. And be- because of that reunion and then going to Paris for that one, I started to really understand how amazing it was to dance in those shows for Don Arden and Blue Bell. I think I just went, Oh, I don't want people to know that part that I was topless. And, and then I started going, Oh no, this is amazing. So I think the reunion is uh, I went to the talk that Pete Menefee did with Karen Burns and seeing the-, the photos and seeing that huge theater. I went, wait, that was amazing. So I, I think it just made me feel more appreciative of that part of my life where I got to travel and have all these experiences I would never have had if I stayed in my hometown. But I'm curious for you like to decide to go or what it was like to revisit that part of your life.
1: Well, first of all, I have to say when I was doing it, I did not appreciate it at all. I was so young and stupid. I remember sitting in the dressing room and I sat next to Rosita. And, and I used to say things like, I don't want to be a 30 year old showgirl. You know, and I'm thinking now, oh my God, I, I would love to have been a 30 year old showgirl. But yes, I had no idea of the reunions. I don't know how I even stumbled across the uh, Bluebell page. I think what I must have been on the computer for hours just looking up Bluebells everywhere you know, on Facebook. And then I saw that there was a Bluebell page and I'm just going through everything and I saw that there had been a reunion. What was it, like 25 years ago? Mm -hmm. So I just down this rabbit hole and I was so upset that I had missed it. And um, so then, you know, I connected on Facebook Found out about the uh, last one that we went to, and oh my god, it was like boom! I am going. Um, I wish I could have gone to that Paris one.
0: Oh, it was amazing! It was amazing. It looks like it was amazing. And hopefully, because now the Lido show is closed, but I'm I'm assuming we'll still do reunions, even though there's not a show to go to. But Hello Hollywood just did. I think it's forty or forty-five. So I don't think there's. We I don't went think to the 40th. Moved we to the 40th. So I think we just hit 45 this year because Karen Burns just posted. But I'm like, you know, who wants to tackle that to take on something so huge as putting it together? But now that I've done what I want to do more because I mean we're losing people. Like we you know, like lost Adrian yeah. last year. it's just feels like I'm not waiting every 10 years. Like we don't. We don't know how long we're around here. So I I look forward to that because I remember at that reunion of not knowing who was in the show when like you could have worked with someone never met them in the show or worked with somebody five yeah. years after and still feel like, but we were all still in the same show. And it felt like we all somehow did it together. Like just the stories mm-hmm. and just the, the, the people, it's just a different kind of personality that will go leave everything to do these shows and travel. And, you know, in our stories, when I think I tell you a lot of people think their stories is not interesting. I'm like, no, you just start talking for a few minutes. You'll figure out your story is pretty interesting. And it was to hear other people that had similar but different. I just loved hearing all, all the stories. And, you know, when Jillian to get up there and talk about Hello Hollywood, Hello Dave, that the mayor deemed and how much I that show know, meant uh, to the community. Like that's that Reno changed because of the show and all these people staying and opening dance studios and music recording yeah. places. And just it changed Reno. It
1: really did. And just so many people from all over the world and so young.
0: Yeah, oh, I just right, it is right. like we like you said. I didn't. I was like bored, when to do the next thing, and I didn't un- appreciate it so much. But I mean, just to be twenty to go live somewhere else, and I just remember I learned so much in the dressing room because everybody's from different countries. You learn about people's cultural or family or travel. I just felt like the education. Well, I also learned a lot of other things backstage too that I didn't know. <laughs> so those conversations <laughs> were educational, and yeah. So I just what I, did I, you learn, Terry? Tell us. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wish I had not held on to my virginity so long. I wish that I would have had a little more fun. <laughs> really? A little bit. Well, I was with Steve the whole time. So, Well, I some people are like, I wish I hadn't slept with so many people back then. But it was just like this whole world opened up and, and people back home, you know, heard I was dancing topless and thought I was a stripper and I was yeah. somehow a wild child. But then I would go home and go to like a... a Fraternity or sorority party with my friends and go, you guys are way wilder than us. I would do the show, like mm-hmm. I said, we'll have popcorn and watch a movie and go to a party now and then. But, you know, I thought, I thought college life looked way more, um, you know, scandalous than anything I was living. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah,
1: my life wasn't scandalous there, but it definitely was in LA. Definitely. Yeah. But
0: I kind of always wanted that anyway. I wanted scandal. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes I more fun it. stories. So uh, as we as we're ending, I'm just I'm wondering what it is when you've reconnected with that part of yourself. Has that that changed anything of just how you move forward or like because you see you're, you're still an artist. I feel like you're you still are creating art, you're still doing it's just a different genre that you're doing. But do you think that the Bluebell life and, like, Miller-Reach and all those, or who'd you do, Barry Ashton, how that translates into, like, our later adult life? Because I know it – I didn't understand how much it affected me until later of of all the things I got out of it that I wouldn't, again, like if I had stayed in my hometown. Oh, my God, absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: I wish I – I feel like I just missed the – epitome of the bluebells by about three or four years you know when everybody was still doing you know Egypt and Monte Carlo and everywhere um but I can't imagine if I hadn't have done this um it influences my designs you know with the colors with the headdresses of course yeah um just to the flamboyance in my life.
0: Yes. Um, and I love, that's why I want yeah. to interview you. I, I celebrate your flamboyance. I just like, I like that you were just uh, a little tawdry that you would like make me like... Tawdry? i I don't think that's the word I want. Tawdry. But I remember like a little bit of shock that you would bring into the dressing room, which I needed. And I remember just being like, oh, oh, she's brave. And I liked that. But I remember like, Ugh. how dare I swear? But now... Ugh what the fuck (laughs) exactly (laughs) Exactly. what the fucking fuck (laughs) you did pretty well well, i just think you
1: are an inspiration oh thank you it's just like your your retreat trips that you do yeah which ones like when you know it's got to be one on the beach
0: i do a thing called embody and i'm looking at doing another in Bermuda because I lived in Bermuda and this is my favorite place. So Perfect. we do a week and we kind of go into our story and we, it's, we do movement therapy and breath work and Lovely. then we go and play. We jump off cliffs, we go party in the oh streets and dance to the musicians and we, it's so much fun and it's, it, it's amazing. People can be total strangers and just feel so connected because you, you go away to do it. So you don't have to go back and check your email and let the dog out. You go away and right. just be in paradise, cry, laugh, celebrate, and have adventure, and That's then play on the beach. I will definitely get That's another perfect. one. Maybe we get a, a bluebell embod- embodied bluebells. Do and then so we'll I just, just be- broke my broke broken both of yours, haven't you? My way? I hip. Had, had two hip two hip replacements. Yeah, I th- at the first reunion, I'd had mm-hmm. my second one yeah, done. Yeah, you like, had you had a had cane a last time. I- yeah, I think I had a, a cane for part of it and a walker. Because I, I was only two days three days three days after the surgery, I had to get permission to fly because your legs swell. Oh, I had morph or morphine in my body or something I don't know, but I remember being in the hotel, the hotel room and not being able to get off the toilet because. at I know. I, Yes, you, you had one you, of the raised things. Yes, you had the raised things, and you could hold on the bathtub or the counter and in really? the bathroom in the hotel, and there's nothing to hold on to. I'm like, I'm gonna die exactly. in this bathroom. This is how I die. Someone's gonna find my body on the toilet, yeah. and then I thought under oh, the wall.
1: Did that you have to replace was- I, I was gonna have to scream at somebody to get me out because <laughs> the invalid one was busy. Oh, by somebody that didn't even need that. Oh man! Yes, I
0: just had a hip How How long was yours?
1: Uh, uh, it was about. It was in the beginning of August. So it's my friend strange. is starting TAP classes, and we had talked about doing it together. So she's starting on Monday. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just try a time step. Oh my God, I can't
0: hop. Yeah, yeah. I've actually had two year replacements. I've been doing gyrotonic and I've got my flexibility, like I can kick high again. But I don't dare do a pirouette because I don't trust that my leg, the torque, it's going to hold it. Yeah. So there's things that your body goes, no, 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 you're done with that. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do the splits. But most of the Ugh. things that come back. But there is that, like, hopping. Like, I don't jump because I don't trust yeah. that the leg is going to be secure. But it's really? still, like, once you get it. Because I remember that everybody said, oh, once you got it done, you'll be so grateful you did You're on the other side of it. But it is, it's a hard recovery, but it is amazing to, like, have mobility Cause I was, I mean, I could hardly walk and now I'm hiking again. So I just, there were so mm. many people at that reunion that had had hip replacements because part of the reason we were so flexible I've heard is because our hip joints are shallow, which makes you pretty hypermobile, but it also means it's not very stable. So mm. a lot of people that I know that had hip replacements were told, yeah, it's like a birth defect that you have very shallow hip joints. I'm like, well, thank God. Cause that got me hired in the shows and I paid for it later with hip replacements, but now we're full of titanium yeah. and brand new hips. Mm. Lovely. Well, Angela, no. this was so good to reconnect with you. I really I wanted to hear your story, I want to share, it, but I'm like, I also want to just get to reconnect and have have a good chat with you. So it'll be a <clears throat> reunion or something because we're in the same country. So there is a way that we can actually like Absolutely. in person go have go have a drink and talk some shit and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I appreciate you taking the time and you already sent me photos which I'm so excited to share and this will come out like in in about a month and so I'll tag you and people can hear your story and uh, that you are a flamboyantly wonderful wild child that we celebrate that part of you we need Uh, those we need those people to shake things up a bit Mm, thank you my friend you take care of yourself
1: It was lovely talking to you, Sherry, and I just think you're wonderful. And thank you for thinking of me.
0: And yes, let's do your Bermuda retreat next year. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for finally saying yes. Persistence pays off. (laughs) It's a